Sorab Nosherwani and Rory Haynes are the screenwriters for The Mauritanian. They're also connected to the DC Extended Universe and they're currently working on The Black Adam with Dwayne Johnson. They are our guests right here on Open Dialogue. These two first met in college and we're gonna talk a little bit about that hopefully and we're gonna talk about their creative process and what drives them to cinema and what drives them to character and writing. Hello and welcome to Open Dialogue. We're so glad that you are taking the time to spend with us today uh, as we talk with filmmakers, as we always try to do and, and those behind the scenes that make it happen. Really happy to have some filmmakers with us today uh, who uh, have, have been friends, I guess. You guys have been friends for about uh, about 10 years now. You, you met in uh, in college and, and you just- longer, longer even. <laughs> longer? longer. Longer? Okay. Well, uh, you are the uh, the co-writers of quite a few things, uh, including the Mauritanian, which we're going to talk about. But before we get to that, I'd love to get a little background on uh, how you got connected to each other and uh, the love of writing and the love of cinema, where that came from. And, and we'll start with uh, with whoever wants to dive in. Rory, you want to go ahead? <laughs> That's oh, no, no, no. There's like four questions there. I gotta... <laughs> yeah, which one do you want? I'll take a breath. Uh, I... Well, Rory and I met, let's put it, Rory and I met at uh, film school in Columbia University's MFA program. And we had a, uh, our first screenwriting class ever. We had a teacher, Janet Roach, who's a brilliant pr professor there. And she's just like, you two should work together. Very early on, she was just like, you two should work together. We never really understood why, but she was right. And, and <laughs> Yeah. She, she was, I think she's just, just like, nobody else wants to listen to you guys. So just you two can put up with each other yeah. and, and, you know, it really worked out. Um, and she was right. We, we owe her a lot. I mean, she's still in touch with her. So she, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Roy, uh, anything you want to add to that? No, uh, we, I mean, in terms of writing, I think it was more out of, uh, out of necessity than anything else. I think both of us, neither, neither of us, would have thought of ourselves as writers, I think, when we first started working together. Uh, but um, but it was something that, you know, I mean, if you want to make movies, it, it, as anybody will tell you, no one's just going to hand you a really brilliant screenplay that they've right. written and say, hey, it's all yours, go ahead. So, so really it was a sort of uh, figuring out how to do it um, and be good at it. And we sort of learned together, really, when we pushed each other. I think we were both still learning a lot and had a lot to learn. And, and, and we bonded obviously about the types of stories we wanted to tell and helped each other learn how, how to write. So, so, so why did you want to get into uh, to filmmaking to begin with? And we'll, we'll let both of you dive in. And uh, Rory, since we uh, left off with you, we'll go ahead and pick back up with you. What was it about filmmaking uh, or, or creating story, whether it's film or streaming or, or, uh, or broadcast? That's a really great question. And I don't, I'm not, I wanted to make, movies for so long i can't even remember i mean first off i had to it wasn't until i was about 15 years old that i really realized like people make them like there's a job and you can do it's right. a career path and so that wasn't like i think i was that aware of early on but i but i but i always i, I can't even remember a time before i was just like in rap for movies love movies you know when i was a kid we used to watch james bond and all these yeah. things and i remember my dad one time we were watching the lord of the rings movie when it first came out and there's this shot where they're like going down the river and there's a big statue, you know, with the hand up, it's just a beautiful yeah. thing. And my dad, who was like super into politics and thought about Hollywood as this whole kind of like, Ugh, what are you going to do there? 
And he was like, oh, I see why you want to make movies. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and so, I don't know. It just, magic. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same way. I never had like a very specific moment. I think I, I'm like, both of us were outsiders. Like we didn't know, nobody in our family like worked in the industry. I didn't even know it was a thing that you could do until later than Rory even. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm from Iran originally. And I would spend a lot of my summers there when I was a kid. And a lot of things are not allowed there. And my grandparents used to have this guy. He was like their black market movie guy. And he would yeah. come over with this suitcase full of like Hollywood movies that were like brought in from somewhere else. And it was like Christmas every time. That <laughs> up. And it was just, I would just go nuts. And because it was just whatever movie he could get, I was watching stuff that I definitely should not be watching as a little kid. <laughs> just like, well, here's what he's got. So we're going to start watching movies. And, and that's how I watched like Indiana Jones for the first time was there. Yeah. You know, wow. And no, so I those that. memories, I think the thing about movies is we're exposed to them as a kid and yeah. they, we associate them with these memories of, you know, really strong emotions. And yeah. some of us, I guess, just don't want to <laughs> eat those. I think we'll just keep chasing those emotions yes. until, until we're, we're old and gray. You know? Yeah, really, absolutely. Uh, just to, you know, I really, I remember now before like IMDb, when you could look people up, this is how I remember learning that people make movies is, you know, I would watch a movie that I really liked there was no IMDb. There was no, you couldn't like Google and find out. So I'd go on the back of the box set and find the name. And then every year in the UK on Boxing Day, the the sales of the videos. Now, like all the VHSs was like $2. It used yeah. to be $2 the day before. So I would always go on December 26th and I have my list of names of people who wow. like read on the back of the VHS. And I was like, this person's good. What else can I find? And I go yes. in with my 20, my 20 quid and buy as many vhs's as i could so that i think was when i started to realize like there are people who make things and they have a kind of a voice that i'm interested in or not yeah, you know? yeah and that's pretty amazing I'm, I'm the same way and i've always been that way i will find myself uh, i explore all types of filmmakers and all types of films but if there's something that connects with me i'm like you i will go okay what else have they done what else have they done? What else have they done? And then going and revisiting that. Uh, my son uh, is, is diving into film studies and Akira Kurosawa is who he oh, is wow. exploring right now. And this summer he's doing an expanded research project just on every film and every person that he influenced. So it's, uh, it's an amazing project. That's, that's everyone. I mean, yes. Yes. autobiography is something that I think every, every filmmaker should read. It's like one of the great books. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's talk about about the co-writing process and how that worked for you with the Mauritanian, in particular, and what was it that drew you to that idea? So, uh, whoever wants to dive in with whichever one of those questions to take on first. The co-writing, we we always write the the same way. We're very research oriented. Okay. We do a lot of research first, and then the actual writing process for us, it's not like one of us writes a scene and then sends it to the other person. Our process is so much of it is about our conversation, arguing through scenes, so that when we're actually getting to the point of writing, you know, we're, we're it's like we've done like, we're on our fifth draft because we've argued everything out and kind yeah. of really battle tested it. Um, and, and we find that's really helpful. You know, we've had other people sit in while we, while we've done this and they're kind of horrified by how we speak to each other. <laughs> but we keep our, you know, we really just keep our egos out yeah room and we're just like look if it's a bad idea it's a bad idea or you don't like this and 
you know, we, we just do it. I think it's, it's, we've gotten to the point that we can do that, I think. Yeah, what about the Mauritanian, Roy? Dive into how uh, that came to you and, and what was it that appealed to both of you on that? I mean, I think for both of us, uh, I mean, I, I can obviously only speak for myself uh, and I know, you know, uh, the issue of Guantanamo and uh, has been something that both of us have, have um, you know, been, um, I'll say angry about, but it's certainly been something that we've been aware of for a long time. I mean, you know, I remember back in um, 2001, 2002 in London, I, you know, was protesting the war in Iraq and uh so it's, it's not something that was new to me in terms of the subject matter uh that being said I think we always try not to approach stories from a distinctly political point of view of like here's an opinion we have and we want to turn a two-hour movie into that opinion which I don't think is helpful or good or interesting uh I think the story of the Mauritanian um appealed to us because it was an opportunity to tell the, the, the you know something about this issue but but from a many from many different dimensions right you know and i yeah. think that's something that really appealed to us um in terms of how it came to us you know the project was somewhat already up and running it's really it was really a dream in that sense because as a writer often you're sort of you're the start point and then it's like years of work ahead of you and maybe it never right. gets made whereas we came in there was already a version of a script that a few different writers had had a crack at um, Benedict Cumberbatch was already involved. Kevin McDonald was already involved, and uh, it was really about getting it across the finish line. And and um, and so it was not a. It was a, it was you know all we, really we sort of involved ourselves in the research and turned it into something. I think there was a little bit more. Um, I, well, I don't want to. I don't, it's not for me to say really, but but you know we came in at that stage, and, and so that was really great for us. Yeah. Anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I think that. To Rory's point, I mean, I'm the same way. I wrote like bad college poetry, poetry <laughs> about Guantanamo in 2003. So that, I mean, and this is here we are like 15 years more than that later. And yeah. and to Rory's point, like we didn't approach it from a political angle because you know we we approached it from all the characters and just did the research and we really let the research dictate it. But one thing yeah. for me personally, you know, being from the Middle East, you know, I think the character of Muhammadu you know, people said, oh, there have been Guantanamo movies before, but very rarely is the heart and soul of it the people who are actually in Guantanamo. Usually they're kind of props in other stories for other people. And I was like, well, Mohamedou, he's the heart and soul of this story. And, and I think Tahar just gets such a brilliant performance and we were so blessed with that. Um, and that's what really drew me to it, I think. What about projects in general for both of you? What what are the projects that or the ideas that will appeal to you from a co-writing team? Wow, we we're varied. I mean, listen, you know, we're working. Obviously, you know, the Mauritanian is is um, I don't know how to describe. It. It's not exactly a date night movie necessarily. It's a heavy movie. It's a serious movie, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we have a movie shooting right now with um, with Dwayne Johnson uh the the black adam movie so which is almost an opposite direction but i think for us we're always interested in i mean like you know we're creative people so we want to we want to do something that either means something or has value or hasn't been done you know um i mean well, it's the challenges you as well something that challenges us yeah. you know there's always a reason to take on a story uh 
you know, that we take on. It's it, and it can be a combination of different things. You know, it just has to hit something. I, I, I think we very rarely do something just because it can happen. Oh, okay, you know, because um, right. it's easy, I suppose. And and I think that both of us do love genre. You know, even more Canyon has. I mean, it's a legal thriller, right? Right. In some sense, and I love legal thrillers. Everything from The Firm to like A Few Good Men and, and all those movies are some of my favorite movies. And I think we we do like having just a genre element and approaching it from a different perspective or a different, you know, with a character you wouldn't normally go with in those movies. And I think those are that there always has to be something a little bit different for us that gets us excited about it and it's the same thing that would get the audience excited about it not just us you know that's a really great point i have to imagine if this movie came out and i wasn't the person writing it am i going to go and pay whatever the ticket prices are now twenty dollars you know to go and see it and if and if that is a no then i then how could i write it you know yeah that's beautiful i mean it's got to be something that you want to be a part of in order for you to be a part of it um, and I love that you've done adaptations, but you've also done original work. And I guess the, the question relating to which one of those others, but I guess it depends on the story and this depends on the characters, whether it's something you adapt or something you want to just create on your own, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and like, we never, we never say no to anything that like any genre or anything like that or a book or a true story. Like if it's good, if it's a good story, it's a good story in any form, you know, like that's, that's the way we look at it. Yeah, and it starts with score, story. It starts with the screenplay and it starts with the idea. If you don't have that blueprint, then uh, you know it's, it's not, not worth it in the end. And so you've got to have some type of vehicle to base it on. And so appreciate uh, your time. And any uh, other thoughts you wanna share on the Mauritanian or any nuggets that you can give us that are out there on uh, the project you're working on now, uh, the Black Adam, the DC Extended Universe? Just, it's amazing. It, <laughs> honest, I mean, I look, we're a, it's a different process in a Mauritanian because we're a very small cog in a gigantic, you know, when Dwayne Johnson is involved in something, it's big. Yeah. He's big, it's big. Everything has to fit to his scale. But yeah. so far, it just, I'm just so impressed with the work that everybody's doing. So uh, we're really so. excited to see it. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I know, I know that was a loaded question. There's so much you can't oh. say. <laughs> I don't want, yeah, I don't want someone knocking on my door. <laughs> you know, they'll say, hey, I heard you talking to that Noel Manning guy, and, and you should not have said that. <laughs> I have a question for you. I have a question for you, Noel. Yes. Uh, you're from North Carolina, which is where Stuart Couch, the character in the Mauritanian, is from. Yes. Um, I'm just curious, how did you, how did you find, uh, how did you take that character in a movie or uh, Benedict's interpretation? What's right. the best? I don't think I'm better than anybody else. That is the point. Well, well, I will say that I am a stickler for uh, Southern accents and I can tell when it's uh, exaggerated, when it's true or when it, when it feels authentic. And let me just say Benedict needs, a, and I love Benedict. I mean, I, I love everything he does but he doesn't quite nail the North Carolina I think accent. So. I thought he did a great job. <laughs> he does okay. You should watch the real Stuart Couch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sounds exactly like him. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> well, guys, I really appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to, to seeing more of your work uh, down the line. And uh, I, I love, uh, love being able to see filmmakers who can collaborate and do it over and over and over again and have that love for it. And I've always loved the aspect of co-writers on songwriting, but it seems like 
co-writing in film and in scripts is something that maybe in the past 20 years has become more prevalent than it was beforehand. And do you, do you have any thoughts on why you think all of a sudden we're starting to see more of that collaboration in screenwriting? I do actually, okay. uh, I have a theory. I think, I think, you know, look, when you look at early cinema as it exploded in, in, into the second half of the 20th century, the auteur theory and this idea of one person was very much central to it, uh, but I think, and I think that was that was a really. I don't think people trusted that it could happen any other way. You know, certainly in the sixties and seventies, the kind of this idea of like there are these geniuses, and that's what you need to make a great movie, and nothing else can work. And I think a lot of that, um, as we're seeing shifts in the way Hollywood behaves and perceives who can and who can't make movies, uh, which is not, I don't think, is not just a uh, uh, a gender or a race thing that is happening. But I also think because of that debate that's ongoing, I think it's also shifting this idea of you don't need some mad drugged up auteur to tell a great movie. It, it, it doesn't need to be that way. And I think that for a long time, that was the idea that, that people had in their head of what a director was. And I think that because that's changing, I think that people are realizing there's actually something, I mean, film is a collaborative medium. Yes. You know, it, you can't, not one person can make a movie. That's just not true. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, <laughs> the amount of people who are making Black Adam right now is insane. <laughs> it's like, that's a, that's a, a massive operation. And so yeah. the, I think, I think the idea of the lone spearhead is, is changing. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't great auteurs out there, but I don't think that's the only way to do it. Awesome. Thank you both so much. Thank for, you. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Well, it looks like we are out of time, but Thank you so much. It was uh, great chatting with you. And uh, I will definitely work on my North Carolina accent for next time. <laughs> so when we get a chance to chat, I will see if, if I nailed it. Thank you Thank guys you so much. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks again to Surab Noshravani and also Rory Haynes for taking the time to speak with us about their work uh, in cinema and about the Mauritanian. The Mauritanian uh, is available. Uh, right now on Blu-ray, DVD, video on demand, and digital. Uh, we also really appreciate each of you for taking the time to spend with us. Uh, if you'd like to watch another interview relating to the Mauritanian, you can check out the interview with Kevin McDonald uh, as well right here on Open Dialogue. As always, we appreciate you. And if you want to see more about what we offer right here, you can always subscribe. You can email and you can just engage any way you choose to. So until next time, I'm Noel T. Manning II for Open Dialogue. That's a wrap.